Good morning. Welcome to our harvest service. Whether you are here in the church or watching at home, we are very pleased that you are joining us. It is a pleasure to welcome Mrs. Rolls Burnett to lead our worship today. Thank you. Thank you, Glynis. It's good to be here on a very strange harvest celebration with lovely bright sunshine and we here are all rather chilly in the cold, whereas folk at home, you are okay in the warm. So you can have a warm coffee while we, uh, if you hear a sound, it's us shivering in the cold, but our hearts will be warm, I'm sure. Let us pray. Come to the God who knows us, to the God who created our being, to the God who knows our frailty, to the God who loves us and cherishes us beyond measure. Come as you are and worship God. I hope we've all somewhere in our gardens or from our flats or from our balconies have some view of something green or something in flower at some time. But I thought as I've been out walking, some of you know I'm a very keen walker, I've been walking each week during lockdown, and just in the last fortnight, I've seen evidence of the plenty which God bestows on us through the hedgerows and out in the countryside. And I thought I would share some of those with you here. These were all taken only two weeks ago uh, in the area of Miserdon, a village which some of you may know, north of Sirencester. And we've had um, plums, we've got damsons, we've got sweet chestnuts, and we've also, which I didn't put up there, oh, that was one of the cottages we passed. If we could just pause there a moment. Uh, nothing upsets me more than seeing apples on an apple tree which are not picked and used when you see them on the ground. But the harvest out in the countryside and everywhere has been amazing. And one of the things about lockdown, perhaps because I'm very lucky and I live near the countryside, we've walked when we were only allowed an hour a day out near here, and we've watched the whole season. When we started in March, the farmer up on Chesterton Farm was planting. Then we saw everything grow. There were broad beans, a lot of broad beans. I didn't know we could so many broad beans and barley. And then, just not many weeks ago, we went and he was harvesting it all. And I walked there yesterday, and already the next winter crop is in. All these wonderful seasons of the earth, and so much plenty, and so much for us to enjoy. But if we think of all this plenty, one of the things which is the thread through our worship today is the fact that we're not sharing that plenty. And today, we're particularly thinking of the food bank. And the food bank is something which we did have here, which was in our um, building. And while we were in lockdown, the food was taken around in a van to people. And one of the things about the food bank at the moment is quite alarming, because the Trussell Trust, which runs it, and we have, I know, volunteers in front of me now who are part of it, they have discovered that over the last few weeks, six emergency food parcels are going out. This is in a land of plenty. This is in a land where we see the corn. This is where we see the fruit. And if we could move on um, from there, 50% of the people using food banks 
at the start of all this difficulty, had never in their lives used one ever before. They'd never needed to. They had good jobs. And also, over this summer, they realised that nearly 70%, about three-quarters of the people using the food bank, lived with somebody who experienced mental health difficulty. If we could move on, there we go. And that's a, a very large figure. And of course, as always happens in these situations, um, it's families which are often the hardest. I'm sure many people here have family members who have, are experiencing difficulty during this time. And so the Trussell Trust itself is doing many things to try and lobby to change some of the things that are happening to make life easier for people in this situation. But that sort of political change or administrative change takes time. And in the meantime, people are hungry. Children are hungry in our society. And I wondered to myself as I was looking at this, what would our Old Testament prophets be saying about that? What would Amos have said? What would Isaiah have said? What would Jesus be saying? And what should we be saying? about that situation. So we're going to move on into our prayer time now, and we're first going to have a prayer of thanksgiving for all the bounty there is on God's earth, and then a prayer of confession. And our prayer of thanksgiving will um, be led by our local preacher, Mike Dearsley. We are all familiar with him here, but for people at home, Mike is a farmer, and he has recorded, with the help of his director, Mrs. Deersley, a short clip of a prayer of thanksgiving for us in the midst of his herd of cows. Today we're thinking about harvest and thinking particularly about the harvest of milk and also the harvest of new life in the form of calves being born. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for the way you supply all our needs. Heavenly Father, we just need to look at the supermarkets to see the wide variety and range of crops that can be grown. We thank you for the sunshine. We thank you for the rain. And we thank you for the seasons that enable these crops to grow. Heavenly Father, we just want to say thank you for the way in which the ground grows the crops that are needed for us. Not just grass feeding the livestock, but also the corn and the many different vegetables and produce that we can grow. Thank you, Lord, for your abundant supply of all that we have. Thank you, Lord, for the way in which the ground can grow so many different produce. We thank you, Lord, that it grows grass for the animals. We thank you that it can grow corn for us to make our bread with. We also want to say thank you for the hedgerows, which harbour so many insects and birds and enable the food chains to operate appropriately. So, Lord God, we just want to say thank you for your abundance. Praise you. 
God of creation. Amen. Amen to that. I have to say I wouldn't still have been standing there praising God with a, car, a cow walking around me. But let's now bring a prayer of confession to God that we seem incapable of sharing that plenty. Lord of all, we have given thanks for the wonder of your world and for the many fruits of your creation. Yet we know to our shame that many of your children, both here and in other countries, do not share equally the rewards of harvest. The poor, the hungry, the homeless and the oppressed, those overwhelmed by war and other disasters, those affected by the ravages of COVID and other diseases, or whose crops have failed due to global warming. Forgive us that even though you have provided beyond our need, still some go hungry. Save us from selfish indulgence, looking to our own comforts and ignoring their needs. Inspire us all to share our plenty with all who cry out for help. Stir our hearts to speak up for those who have no voice and no energy left to cry out. Forgive us and help us through you to find the strength of purpose to act. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And I invite those at home to say the Lord's Prayer with me and those here to think of it in your hearts. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We're now going to have our gospel reading for today, and Liz is going to share that with us. It's a reading from the Gospel of John, and we've had a lot about vines in the last few weeks, in the lectionary, etc. And this is where John compares Jesus to being the true vine. Thank you, Liz. The vine and the branches. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Amen. Thank you, Liz, for sharing that reading with us. I'm sure you're all aware, um, very much aware, that during this particular uh, pandemic, 
our esteemed government have produced many catchy phrases um, which are, I think, supposed to help us in some way because they are simple. A year ago, it's hard to imagine now, it was get Brexit done, which was apparently an easy way of uh, putting together a very complex idea which still is going on. And in the pandemic, of course, we've had several. The most recent, I think, is hands, face, space. I have visions of people um, sitting somewhere um, dreaming these up. That went on from stay alert or don't kill your granny. Um, but there we are. I'm sure there will be others to follow to help us in some way. But, you know, in some ways, there's nothing new about trying to simplify a very complex message. And John, writing his story about Jesus some hundred years after um, the crucifixion, painted word pictures in his gospel. And he, he painted those pictures to try and convey who exactly this man Jesus was and is. And in these clever ways, he describes the various attributes of Jesus and explains his relationship with God and his relationship of course, with us. And like many other slogans that we've had at the moment, they all really relate to staying alive, staying alive. But in John's story, that's not quite the same as in the COVID story, because in John's story, staying alive means finding a new life, a different life through Jesus and becoming close to God, becoming close to God, who of course is the I am, I, Yahweh, I am who I am being. And in that way, to find that eternal life, starting in the here and now and going on forever, which only a close relationship with him can bring. And today we heard from Liz, I am the true or the real vine. And as I say, over the last few weeks in the lectionary, if we've been following it, We've heard several both Old Testament and New Testament stories about vines and about vineyards. Here we have a vineyard in France, beautifully tended, I'm sure, quite different from the ones in Palestine uh, or in the area where Jesus was when he, and, and where later on John was writing this story. But when we think about this, we need to remember that in the Jewish tradition, the vine the vine was a picture of Israel itself. And the psalmist, a long time before this, said, you, that's God, brought a grapevine out of Egypt. You cleared a space for it to grow. But things went wrong, and it did not flourish. It did not flourish. And uh, Isaiah later on talks about the vine bringing sour grapes, not good fruit. And other prophets used the same metaphor to show how Israel had strayed away from God's ways. And Jesus, here in John's Gospel, is saying that he, he now, is the true vine. He sees himself in that close and special relationship that God had wanted with Israel. And it was Israel who let God down. And he is the one now in whom God's purposes and plans are resting. And here we have um, a thick vine with the grapes hanging. And this is the picture that he will have been there in people's minds as this was being spoken. And if they cling to that tough branch in the middle, if they cling there, 
they will remain in him as his followers, and they too will be members of God's true people, like bunches of sweet, good grapes. This is good fruit, good to have. But that will happen as long as they keep close to Jesus and live as he has taught them, and then they too will bear this good fruit. Now, I don't know about you, there may be somebody here who is very expert in vines and vineyards, but I've never grown grapes. I know some people here do in their gardens, but my favorite thing is my roses in my garden. I only took this picture 10 days ago, and the winds have now destroyed that rose, so I'm glad I took it then. But this rose was one of the second flush on this particular rose that I've got just outside my conservatory. But in order to achieve that lovely second bloom, and there were several lovely second blooms, I had to prune the bush back after its first flush of flowers. I cut it right back to the bud, took out straggly stems in the middle and suckers that had crept up. And my Rose and I have a very close relationship, which sometimes means a really good prune back leads to beautiful blooms like this. And that, in effect, is what Jesus is saying and, and goes on to say here, if the branches on the vine don't do well anymore, they're cut out. If they stop bearing fruit, they again, they are dealt with. And I particularly like a picture that here of the hands right in the vine. The hands are in there reaching in. The person doing the pruning is alongside, tending, caring, trying hard to get a good result out of that vine. So the question for us is how do we remain in him, Jesus our Lord? How do we stay close and achieve things? What does it look like? The word used for prune here is very close to the word for clean and pure. So there are layers of meaning at work here. And I think it means firstly, and most importantly, we need to stay in community, in the community of Jesus and his followers. There is no more such a thing as a solitary Christian as there is as a solitary vine. It must be a community of mutual respect that knows Jesus and celebrates him as the person to follow. Because we cannot go it alone any more than one vine would ever go it alone. We need study, prayer, worship, all of these things and staying close to those loving hands. Although when it happens it's tough, we must accept that those loving hands will sometimes prune, chastise, and pull us back to the right path so that God continues to be glorified in the way we live. When I prune my lovely rose, uh, it blooms longer and better. And I must remember that God will do the same to me. It's so easy to shoot off like a sucker on a path that we want, but God does not. Or let our faith get thin and straggly, painful to be brought up short, but in the end better. And this means in the terms of harvest that we should all be working to ensure that the bounty of the earth in whatever form is available to all. And throughout the Old and New Testament, God has had that bias, that bias to those in need, so especially now when so many folk are here, are hungry and in the world are hungry, what would Isaiah be saying? What would Amos be saying? 
What would Jesus be saying? I think he would be saying, what are you doing? And we have to answer that both singly and as a church community. That is our challenge today. And as a background to that, we're going to watch a short clip from Rachel at the Food Bank about their current work. Hi, I'm Rachel and I am the Food Bank Manager across the Sirencester, Fairford and Tetbury Food Banks covering the South Cotswolds area. Trussell um, Trust produced a report based on some research that they've done through the Food Bank Network and looking at what we think might happen in the, you know, the coming winter and they're estimating that there'll be six food parcels handed out every minute this winter um, across the country which is obviously um, it's quite sobering when you read that and I think what we're seeing locally is we've seen a, a huge increase in need here since the start of the pandemic and it's coming from very many different sectors of our community. People who've never needed to be referred into us before are being referred into. Um, so it can be people like initially at the start of the pandemic, it was people who suddenly had had their income taken away overnight. So childminders, for example, hairdressers, um, some of the um, hospitality workers, when the travel lodge closed, we had clients coming in who'd, who'd been made immediately redundant. Um, so we've seen a lot of people who never normally, a lot of self-employed people who normally would never need to, who normally would be donating to us and not receiving from us have, have suddenly become the other side of the table. And we've seen a lot of families um, too who've been furloughed um, and especially or, and if you've been furloughed, if you've been furloughed and you're only receiving 80% of your family income um, and your employer wasn't topping up the extra 20% to the 100%, it's a lot of money to lose um, on an already potentially low income. So we've seen a lot of families and a lot of children be referred in who'd never normally been referred in. And now at this point, at the sort of middle of, middle of September, um, heading towards late September, we're now starting to see the next wave of unemployment and those who, um, who've maybe struggled through up to now on savings, have been self-employed and struggling to get back into the, what they were doing um, because they're not allowed to from a social distance perspective. We're now starting to see more of those um, families and individuals come through because they simply don't, they, their savings have now run dry as well. So we're seeing need across the whole community um, and it's not just those who are um, waiting for benefits, it's, it's really um, in, crossing the entire, the, the entire community now. Thank you for all your continuing support as well. We are really in need of tinned rice pudding, tinned custard, um, tinned fruit, long life fruit juice, um, instant mash, uh, long life sponge puddings, tinned um, tinned vegetables and tinned meat as well please they're the most important things and if you'd be willing to donate toiletries so small male and female deodorants shower gel shampoo conditioner that would be really helpful as our household cleaning sprays um, well you know our, and the need from our clients in order to keep their homes clean as we all are is really high as well so we're really grateful for disinfectant sprays and um, bleach sprays because that really helps everybody as well cash can be donated on our website there are standing order forms gift aid forms and there's also a link to virgin giving as well where we've got a, a virgin giving page too thank you so that's the needs around us here in this place and i think we all know of ways in which we can donate and now we're going to think of the needs of others as kate leads us in our prayers of intercession thank you kate pray. Father, we pray for those who are hungry, for those who are hungry for bread, 
for those who are starving for food, for those in refugee camps with no control and no power, for those who are hungry because of where they live, as the conditions they face mean they're unable to grow their own food, for those who are hungry because of drought, human foolishness or human greed. May the truth of Christ change the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, we pray for those who are hungry, for those who cannot afford to eat in this our own country, for those who go without a meal so that their children may have one, for those who are out of work and see no signs of getting work, for those who are feeling hopeless and bewildered in these times of pandemic. May the peace of Christ give them hope. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, we pray for those who are hungry. We pray for the farmers and market gardeners, for those with fruit rotting on the trees and on the ground, because the manufacturers have no market for the drinks they should be producing, for the lack of pickers and those who harvest the crops when the food is needed. We pray for those in government, that those in government can see the whole picture and have the skills to be flexible in their planning and give incentives for those in need of work to be able to get to where they are needed. May the word of Christ teach them truth. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, we pray for those who are hungry. We pray for those working in food banks, for those donating and giving with love and kindness for strangers. We pray for businesses who are helping those in the communities in which they operate with produce and time and money. May the love of Christ be within each one of us, growing and enabling us to share what we have with one another. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. In the name of Jesus, our true bread of life. Amen. As we draw our harvest celebrations to a close, I must thank all those who've taken part today. Thank you to Kate and to Liz. Uh, thank you in absentia to Mike for uh, letting a, him, us join him with his cows. And of course, most of all, to Andy and Anton, without whom much of this could not happen. We are so grateful. And I hope we will all be able to boost the work of the food bank and those in need just a little. And thank you too for all you at home who've joined us this morning. We have enjoyed your presence very much. Let us pray. O oh God, give us the mind and the spirit of Christ that we all may willingly serve all people, no matter how humble the task to which you may call us in your service. Amen. So thank you all for joining us today, and we hope you will join us again next Sunday.